So I encourage us all to not jump out of that place, just stay where you were, like in your heart, you know, that sense of we're not going anywhere fast so that the Lord can go somewhere deeper. You know, that, just that place of heart where you're not in a panic or a rush, the Lord can whisper something. Does this go higher? No, it doesn't. That's fine. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Now it suits. So guys, just stay in that spot for a sec because I realized I'm really just aware. I really believe there's something that's really happening right now. Not because I had the idea of it, but I just sense... This is what I sense. Many of, us, many of us, keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to talk for a couple of minutes, but let's just think of it like kind of like a cross between we're just praying. I'd like you to just think that you're having your own, uh, just whatever it means for you, you know, like you're listening to someone who means a lot to you. <laughs> uh, and if you're familiar with prayer and God, you know, that means you're uh, listening for what he's doing. Just be aware of him. So have your own quiet time. This is a cross. I'll talk, but it's really a prayer slash me talking praying time. We're not going anywhere fast, but we're just letting him go somewhere deeper. And what I really, I sense is something that's literally happening, what the Lord is doing right now. I see, I feel like this, this um, perception of us, all of us, so many of us walking along. You've been walking, for many of you, you've been walking along you're, you're this figure in some gloom and you're walking along. Maybe you're cowled, you know, like a hooded, just because it's just like cold, it's stormy and it's been hard. And, you know, nobody knows the particular kind of sorrow that you've been in touch with at times, you know, that sadness. that, And you know people love and you feel love, but... That place where you're that lone, hooded figure, shuffling along, moving along. And this is what I sense the Lord is literally doing in spirit for us. It's the Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, because it's been so hard, but it's as though I feel the Lord Jesus drawing alongside and you feel a, a hand upon your shoulder so present, so real. You're like, oh. And this one, his, his hands upon, his arms around your shoulder, and he's going, he's with you. He's walking your way. And you sense this one, he is with me. He gets me deeply. And he's come right in for a landing right where I'm at. He's, he's really with me, moving with me. And it's as though the Lord would say, you know, I'm here. It's me. He's saying, it's me. I'm here. And he just transmits within your heart, your emotion, your mind, companionship, permanency. You are not alone. He's like, I'm here. I'm with you. He's walking with you. He knows how to navigate through darkness so that you have heaven in you and with you even as you move through questions, uncertainty, hardship, sadness. Like you're walking through darkness, but your heart is alive and alight because he's, he's with you. His hand is upon you. This is real. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Another real perception I have is of Father God as as though what he's doing, oh, I was getting moved to tears. It just feels so real that I feel, you know, the images of, of Father as God of love. He delights over you with singing. He truly delights over you now, Father God. And it's like he's bigger than you and taller than you. And uh, for each of us, he, he's available, you know, to hold us and just drawing him, us in because we really want to. We want to be comforted. We want to be held and strengthened. And as a father, he's just pulling us, allowing us to fall into, and he's just drawing us against his chest. And there's such comfort that flows from him. He is so grounded and so stable. And I thank you, Lord, our Father, that you even now are releasing and imparting to our senses the reality 
that you are stronger, bigger, taller than our situation, our need, our instability, our insecurity, our fearfulness, our timidity. And it's all getting dissolved. It's all getting washed away. It's all getting filled up with the presence of your gentle and powerful love. Well, thank you that you are holding every one of us here. I thank you, Jesus, that you, draw, you have drawn alongside of us permanently. It's, it is I. It's me. The creator of all. I'm walking with you on this way. It's dark all around, but I'm your light. I am your light moving with you. I will not leave. It's me. <laughs> We're going to make this. Tonight, guys, when Tim, he's having a good holiday, and he asked me to um, speak this morning and tonight. And uh, when I asked God about it, I thought it was going to be, it's, it's about salvation. I thought, awesome. And what it's come down to is I want to chat with you guys about power to save. Power to save is what this is about tonight. Power to save. Is salvation really all about power, really? Let's have a look at the first one, Pete. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12 through 14. All right. Check this out. It's awesome. Right here. Right now, this Jesus is walking with you and I down this path of life. He is saving us with love and power. It says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Here's the main bit. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Awesome news. This is going to strike new hope into our hearts tonight, I believe, is that salvation and what Jesus has done, back to that first one, check out the words. It's a rescue. It takes power for a rescue operation. It's like, we've got a God who loves us. He can also do something about our lives, yeah? It's a rescue. We've been rescued for us from the dominion of darkness. Yeah. There's times when you get into your life and you're like, you know what? If I wanted to change and help myself, I can't by myself. There's such a thing as bondage, eh? Inability to dig yourself out. And even if so, you feel like, man, there's something against me and it's just ramming me down. There is a real dominion. But you know what? We have, God has power to save us. He is saving us with love and power and brought us into another government, another kingdom, the kingdom of the Son. There's this one leader, Jesus Christ, this Lord of glory, who I sense is showing that he's walking with you as a personal friend. Pretty awesome. So you got... Boom, getting ripped out and delivered from one dominion of darkness. One inferior power has been overcome by a superior power. And it's, this is what's happening in salvation, what Jesus can do in our lives. And rescued us and taken us from one into another. Yes, salvation's about power. Yeah, it is. And we need it, eh? We need hope. We all need hope so desperately, don't we? Okay, so I've got here, Jesus is saving us from all sin. Um, the most, oh, Jesus is saving us from more than sin. You know, like our guilt, our sin guilt has totally separated us from God. We might like, oh, man, I'd love to know God. But when there's real sin guilt, we are not in fellowship with him. There is an alienation, like from God, a separation, apart from who Jesus is. So Jesus saving us from the guilt of sin is the most important thing that we've got to get saved from. But here's the awesome thing. Jesus Christ in his power saves you and I from way more than just sin as well. When he deals with like the guilt sin, I'm talking about actual real guilt. It's not like psychological guilt where it's like a psychologist could say, it's just a human problem, you know, explain it away, work with it. No, it's the true guilt. It's actually true guilt where we've offended the God of the universe and, and all the things and we've we caused chaos to us. Even by jealousy, pride, all the stuff we go, oh, no, that's just humans. Yeah, it is, but it's a big deal. It's a true, real guilt. So we've got to be rescued from that. 
But when Jesus rescues us from that, that's the doorway. You know, Jesus is the door to get to, to come to the Father, which is, think of everything you've ever longed for. Anytime you've ever cried, anytime you've ever gone, God, where are you? I've got to be different. I've got to be free. You know what that is? That's a cry for Father God. That's a cry for God. Like inside, you know what freedom is, and you know you don't have it in full. Man, you need him. That's a cry for God. Jesus is the door to get there, to fellowship with God. But forgiveness is only the door. Jesus says, I'm the only one that you can come through to get to the Father. So we go through Jesus and forgiveness so that we can get to Father, so we can get to know all the aspects of God. Does this make sense? He saves us from guilt, but that's so we can know everything else about him. And the awesome news I'm bringing tonight is that he saves us from way more than just forgiveness. But firstly, he does save us, he does forgive us on the issue of guilt. So I'm going to quickly show you guys, um, there's going to be lots of stories, okay? So first one I'm going to chuck us over to Luke chapter 7, verse 44. And I was reading heaps in Colossians and Mark. Get into the Bible, guys. Like, Mark is an awesome book. It summarizes, like, the, the life of Jesus, who he is and what he does. It's the best one to start with about Jesus. Okay, so, well, actually, first we're going to Luke, and then the rest of them will be in Mark. So Luke chapter 7, verse 44. Jesus has power to save us from real guilt. It actually is a true guilt that we need dealt with. There's this woman, right? And Jesus was invited by a well-known like, religious leader. He's a righteous dude who followed all the rules. He's, like, he seemed really good and stuff like that. Really, really respected guy. Um, but also, it says that another la- a lady came, like a, a sinful, it says, a sinful woman. So yeah, we're all sinful, right? We've all got problems. Anyone perfect? I'm not. Ever told a lie? You know, ever you know, been proud? In- yeah, all of us have. But this was known as a real sinful woman. What that means. And uh, she came along into this house where Jesus was invited. And, uh, and so this man, who's like this real righteous guy everyone looked up to, he said, oh, if only Jesus, if Jesus was really like from God, like a really holy person, he would know what kind of woman this is. And he should know that she's like, uh, she's guilty. He will want nothing to do with her. He should say, yeah, go, back, go to the back room. Don't touch me. Don't come near me. Um, but meanwhile, this whole time, this particular lady, from the time that she came in, she started washing Jesus' feet with her tears. She knows that she's broken. She knows like, about all the guilt in her life. She's there crying on his feet, wiping his feet with, his, with her hair. She starts to kiss his feet. Now, that's customary, right, in that time to actually kiss someone at the door. This is going like a bit extreme, yeah, culturally. But she's kissing his feet. She's like gets out this jar of perfume, real valuable, and starts pouring it, you know, like treating him like um, someone very honoured and special. Meanwhile, others are like going, this lady, she's all sinful. Why is, he, why is he letting her touch him and stuff like that? Actually judging Jesus now. And he tells him this quick story. He says, um, okay, there's a money lender, and he's loaned two people a bunch of money. One guy, he's loaned him a year and a half of wages. So imagine you've got a full-time job, you work for a whole year, another half a year, take all that up. This is what that guy was loaned. He, loaned. he was loaned that amount of money from a guy. And there's a second dude, he was loaned less than two months, like a month and a half of money. And uh, neither of them could pay back the money loaner, the lender. And so that guy, in, in kindness, said, I'll forgive you both. He just forgave the debt. Forgiveness of forgiving the debt. And Jesus says, mate, to the religious guy, he says, which one of these two people is going to love and be most grateful and love that loaner, you know, the money lender the most? Which one do you think? Do you guys think? The one who is forgiven most or the little bit? Absolutely. The one who is forgiven the most is going to go like, whoa, so grateful. So Jesus says this to him. He says to the, uh, the man who's judging the lady, yeah, from the time I came into your house, you haven't like washed my feet, which they should have done, but she's not stopped washing my feet 
you know, with, your, with her tears, wiping my, with, my, with your hair. Um, you haven't, you didn't kiss me when you came in? She hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You didn't, you didn't honor me in any way, but she's pouring perfume upon me. And he says, Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So Jesus has power to forgive like all the guilt that, that you and I feel as we walk along in life. And for me, that's, has it happened to you? For me, this happened when I was a kid. Roger's talking about uh, people going into schools. I was in the Philippines. Back then, it was fun because we had a pet monkey. I've got two brothers in the room. We had a pet monkey in the, in, uh, in the Philippines. Uh, and one time I went to with a, a school camp, uh, another campsite called Word of Life Campsite. They had like the world's biggest um, spinning top there. They'd like, string it up on, the, on a uh, coconut tree with this massive rope, drop it, and it was awesome. Then you have to jump out of the way before it crushes you. Um, it's probably bigger ones these days. But at that campsite, someone must have decided to be there to like tell kids about Jesus, the like, simple message of Jesus. And I was in this room, and um, this guy was taught, just telling, like, Jesus power to forgive your sins, what he did on the cross. And that's the day that it sunk into me. Uh, didn't just click up here, it dropped into here. That Jesus had power to literally take all of my brokenness, all of my sin, you know, all of the, the wrongness in me, into himself and lift it off me. And I came alive. I remember, like, just running out of there, Basically, just skipping and dancing you know, up like this grassy slope through the coconut trees because it had uh, radically, it radically changed my life. God doesn't only forgive us from guilt, but from so many more things. He doesn't save us only from guilt, but from many things. Jesus saves us from shame, is the next one. So, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 says. In this place is like, there's this guy who has leprosy. You know what leprosy is? Back in the day, you can't be touched, you can't be near anybody. But Jesus has power to, to save us from even shame. What shame? You know, when we have guilt, we know we've done stuff wrong. We've done wrong. Shame is when we know, we believe we're wrong. Like we're just worthless. Have you ever had that? Worthless. You're not worthy of this or that or to be loved. You don't trust when someone compliments you or speaks love into you, you know, we can't, you feel like it, you can't make it land. You're like, I think they mean it, but it doesn't mean anything. It can't get there. This is shame. It's like, I'm not worthy of this. Well, the lepers like that, they, no one would come near them. They had to yell out to people, don't come near me, you know, like I'm unclean, you know. Uh, they're like an outcast and it's who they are. It's in their flesh. What does Jesus do? He has power to break through shame. So he came close and he put his hand right through all those barriers of shame. Because it says, uh, he was like, Jesus, make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. No one else would do that. And Jesus touched this man. He says, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So Jesus has power not only to forgive you, but actually literally break shame off your life and mine. Something like that happened to me when I was in Tassie. Like, this is a few years back. Um, for me, growing up with shame, I, I, I felt I had a bit of trauma in my life earlier, and I was, like, had a really, like, timid life, fearful, actually. I was the shyest kid in my class, not because I was just, like, content and happy. I was shyest because I was fearful. I didn't want to be that way. In a, but I was also a nice guy. I had some freedom, but it was, like, yeah, an issue of shame. And only a few years ago, I'd worked through all that stuff, but I was in Tasmania at a gathering, and I felt like the Holy Spirit like, put in my heart, I just knew something was going on. I was like, well, what is this? Because I'm heading off to a, one of the, uh, a meeting with God and a whole, whole bunch of people. And, and I felt like God say to me, you, you've got a problem with hating yourself. And I was like, what? I was like, really? That strong God? You hate yourself. So I thought, I thought I've worked through that, like I've accepted myself because I had, you know, rejected who I was. I wanted to be like someone else. I wanted to be more free, a whole bunch of things. And I thought, I've worked through this guy. But he, he actually put it that way. What about hating yourself? And uh, 
So I just opened my heart and said, God, if that's true, I want you to just help me to speak to me. During that meeting, it was a real freedom sort of space. I actually ended up lying down. Trust me, it sounds weird, but it was real natural for me. I just lay down to let God speak into my life. Uh, and it went to those places where, you know, you don't normally let others know. It wasn't like intense for me, but it was real. I mean, there was tears in my eyes gently, and I was just like needing God um, to speak into my worth, my deep worth. And here's how he came to me to break shame. Uh, I was there for some time, and I felt like this tap on my shoulder. And someone, and I looked up, as you do, from the floor, and uh, this guy said, hey, um, excuse me, I was just, I've just been listening to God, and I feel like God's shown me something for you. Is it all right if I tell you? So I said, sure, um, because I really had the sense God was working me. He's going to do something into my life. And he said, as we were worshipping, I saw God, I, I saw a person, rather, a figure, like, walk up to you um, with a crown in their hands and gently place the crown right on your head. And for me, you know, I know that every single one of us, like each one of you guys and girls, like every single one of us is that treasured by God, that we are his children. I know it's not me. I know how weak and fearful I've been um, in myself, unworthy, but he's forgiven me. And... Uh, but he came to me in a way to break shame off me with this crown. And this man said that I saw like this person like place this crown on your head. And I was like, okay. And I just, um, I just settled for about 30 seconds just waiting. And then it dropped into my heart what the Lord was doing in my heart. And uh, my name is, is Stephen and it means crowned one. And so every single one of us is crowned, you know what I mean? Has incredible significance. But what God did was he found a way that had meaning to me in that moment. And so out of all my brokenness and who I am, he was God saying, I see you. It's super personal. It's like my name, you know, like your name. And he's saying, I value you. I cherish you. So how does, how does Jesus break shame? What he gives is he gives honor. Jesus literally gives honor to every one of us and restores honor because you're made in the image of God. You're incredibly valued and you've come from him. And as it dropped into me, he just did something uh, deep inside of me where I was like, whoa, I think I could really like, you know, really, I could love, I could like someone who is honored by someone like Jesus. In that surprising way, I had no idea how we would do it. He actually rescued me from breaking off shame uh, off my life at another level. Another thing that Jesus breaks is fear, eh? Jesus has power to save us from fear. So quickly in Mark 4.35, there's a story. Yeah, he, he saves us from fear. Mark 35. This is time... When Jesus and, and the boys, like the, the disciples, they're on this boat, massive storms kicked up. They literally think they're going to die. It's dark. It's going nuts. And uh, they literally think they're going to die. They're scared. Of, they're terrified. Jesus is in the boat, but he's asleep. And what happens is they wake him up and he gets up. They are packing it like they're literally terrified of dying. So this is fear. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And so he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? I wonder what his tone was, you know what I mean? I reckon it's like, I wonder why you're afraid. He's like, I am really here. I am really here. Do you, do you have no faith? They were terrified. They asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So maybe even more terrified of the waves of Jesus and the waves or something. You're like, whoa, what is going on? This guy has serious authority and power, and he's here with me in my boat. And the way Jesus breaks and saves people today, you know, us, you, from fear, is he gives power. He gives his presence, which is powerful. You know, a presence that is so powerful that even if the storm doesn't literally stop, even if in your life the, the thing you need healed doesn't literally get healed that moment, 
even if that huge problem you know, that you've been banging your head against, this, this brick wall, this impossible roadblock, doesn't suddenly disappear. The power of Jesus in his presence inside your heart is so powerful he can save you from fear, even when the problem's still going on. There's a scripture, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It says, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him. So he's able to save us totally, completely. And the incredible hope, you know, we got right now today is that one day, everything, like every health issue, every, every problem of the heart and the mind, every relationship issue we've got, Every, every issue that we need to be saved from, that you need to be saved from, is 100% guaranteed going to be completely, you're going to be completely delivered and saved from those things. That's the promise in Jesus. The amazing thing is that we get like the joy of actually seeing his power come sometimes in life right now. You know, saving us from big stuff, even right now, whether healings or uh, breaking through obstacles. The kingdom of God, like Jesus has come right now, but he's going to come totally in full at one time. Does that make sense to you? So whether we are waiting for it to come, it's his power at work helping us to wait through that. Or his power can come in the moment to see a massive breakthrough right now. Either way, you haven't missed out. Either way, you're not overlooked. God's power is literally present right now. He's either healing the body or healing the relationship in his power, or I'm going to skip right down to the last one, bro. Peter, I'm going to go down to despair in our waiting. He saves us from despair in our waiting. Or his power is literally at work right now in your life, totally available to save you from despair in the waiting. One day we have a massive confidence. He's going to fix up everything. Sometimes we see him break through today. But even if he doesn't, his power is at work right now to save you from despair, you know, from not being able to handle it. And this is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. I'm just going to read this for you guys. Colossians 1, verse 9 says, I want you to listen for three words like to do with power. It says that God's will is that we be strengthened. There's your first word. We're going to be strengthened with all power. How much power? Like all power is available for Jesus to save us while we're still waiting for the miracle. You know what I'm talking about? When we're halfway there to being saved from something bad. So he's going to strengthen you with all power according to his glorious might. There's the third level of power talk. This is even when his power doesn't come for you to be healed. You know, or the problem doesn't move, like the storm doesn't stop. His power might come and take away the problem. But even if it doesn't, look at the layers of power available for you when he's like going, yeah, it's going to continue for a while. But his arm's on you saying, but it's me and I'm walking with you and I know how to walk through the night and persevere. And you're in this dark cloud, but I'm heaven in you and with you as we move through this. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. This is still the level of four levels of power actually in this language. Even when his power doesn't move the problem, his power is enabling you to do this, to wait through, to save you from the despair. Strengthening you with all power according to glorious might so that you have great endurance and patience. Isn't that amazing? Far out. So we like, we could so easy for us to feel like, man, I've been left out. Where are you, Jesus? Because that breakthrough didn't come. But he's saying, I'm right here with you, child. I'm showing you my power in this other way. I'm going to give you endurance. I'm going to give you patience. He gives peace that it's like it makes sense of when the breakthrough you totally need and he knows you need it, but when it doesn't come, it gives you peace when you're halfway there and you haven't been delivered of everything yet. And you know, okay, that's okay. He's showing me his power to be with me through it. He's been through plenty, guys. You know, it got just crescendo till they were like whipping him and nailing him onto wooden crosses. What? But he traveled through with power of endurance. And he's like, I'm with you. And you're going to know me as an overcomer in that, as well as the spectacular sudden deliverances. But having peace, right? 
and certainty at that level. Also, and this is so exciting for me, guys, is it also releases permission to seek more and expect more deliverance, you know, like more power to stop storms, to, to bring mental health to people and to our own lives, to, um, to bring um, answers to financial dilemmas, to, to bring creative solutions, to do miracles in our lives when we know that it's okay and his power is literally as much working in us when the, when the miracle doesn't happen as when it does, then we have peace, plus we go, oh, we become to be more free, not worried about it. It's not one or the other. To also be looking for more breakthrough now while you're living. And I'm going to tell a few stories now about that. Hey, man, we'll skip back up right to the one after fear. So remember, I'm saying to you, Jesus does save us from guilt. See, and that is the most important thing to get saved from by the power of Jesus. If he was only loving, that would be beautiful. But if he didn't have power, if we're not talking about and dealing with, with a God like Jesus who actually has power to change your life and secure you for eternity and to smash every enemy against your life, if he doesn't have power to go with his incredible compassionate love, it will be beautiful, but it will have no meaning for rescue for your life and mine. Does that make sense? And he's got both. And... So he, he, breaks us, he saves us with power from more than guilt, shame, fear. Another one, and there's an interesting story with this, guys, deception and spiritual bondage. Literally, Jesus' name, Jesus means God saves. This is his name. He's like, that's my name, that's my nature. But you get to know Jesus more and more, and you're open to the word of God, you'll see that he is a, an empowered deliverer. That's his very name and nature. So, in Mark chapter 1, verse 21, Jesus goes into the synagogue, right, of all places. That's where they're, like, studying the Old Testament Word of God and stuff. And he said, and it says he starts to, starts to um, teach them. Teaching truth, man. How does he deal with deception? He speaks truth. And uh, as he's talking, people start getting amazed. They're, like, going, the people are amazed at his teaching. He taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, right at that second, a man there listening, right, in the synagogue meeting place who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. don't know if you come across this gear, but obviously Jesus encountered like these personal spirits that are literally against people's life, conscious spirits. It's a fact of life as Jesus reveals it. He was, um, and this thing was like, who are you? Are you going to destroy us? And Jesus just literally says, be quiet. With a stern voice, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so amazed. Because, again, it would be lovely if, if Jesus only just looked at that, that man who had, you know, um, like, you know, like a spiritual force, like attacking him and controlling him. Um, that would be lovely if Jesus, like, just absolutely compassionately, totally understood him and loved him. But it'd be a shame if Jesus wasn't like a stronger God than that demon. You know what I'm talking about? If, he, if Jesus, if this is about power to save, it'd be a shame if he didn't actually have power to now, with authority to, to shift that thing off that person that he loves, you know? Uh, Jesus does, and he does today. And so the people are like, whoa, this is amazing. A new teaching, look at that, teaching. Like what people think is true goes together with spirit forces blocking their minds and hearts. And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. So Jesus has got power, awesome, to deliver us from deception and spiritual bondage. And uh, man, those things are heavy when you feel like, oh, something beyond natural uh, has got a hold of me or something like that. But Jesus has power to save you from that. Jesus is still doing all this stuff because he's so close to you and me. It's still him. He's still doing his mission of saving us from this as well. I know, uh, I know that there's a lady, like in uh, Kalanga, that in the last, I think it was one week ago, um, a lady, does it, not like in church or anything, um, she's in a, one of the shopping villages locally within Kalanga. Yeah. And uh, she, um, she's a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, but what happened was her mother had brought back from one of the islands, like she called it a thread, and, and um, she'd got like a priest sort of person, like, you know, doing kind of rituals and stuff like that to bless this thing so that it would bring protection 
you know, to whoever puts it on. So the mother brought this back to this lady who now wanted someone to pray for her, and um, this lady had put the thread on, the mum had put the thread on the children and on this lady. And now this lady, it's ironic, isn't it? It's meant to be like spiritual power for protection, but literally from that time, this woman um, had serious and severe pains in the left side inside of her body, not going away, being for at least a month. Um, it was such a real pain and issue that she'd been to the doctor, even had x-rays. But it was like, can't see anything, you know, what's the, what's the cause? So here's where you get to the point. She believed that there was something spiritual going on, yeah, the spiritual bondage, um, and she had received that to be put onto her body. And she was asking, can prayer, can Jesus do something to remove that? Um, during the prayer, she was sitting still and upright. Her body was sitting still and upright. But after the prayer, she said, while the prayer was happening, it was as though I fell backwards. She fell backwards onto the ground flat. And something came off and away from her. And then she sat back up. But the whole time during the prayer, she sat there peaceful and still, just soaking up. And part of what she had shared along the deception point is that she had a believer in Christ, but she had Hindu statues and gods like in her house from an ex-husband. And she, she said, I'm not able to throw them out. But during the week, she had been encouraged by someone to offer prayer and sacrifices to these other idols. And as part of the prayer, it had been said to her, Jesus has authority. If you want to see Jesus' authority come you know, and deliver you from the powers of bringing the pain, um, we need to come, like Jesus says, he's the only way, and put aside all other gods and idols. And in apparent agreement with that, then the prayer happened. And as a seal that, that God, God's power was saving her from this spiritual bondage, at that very time, the pain completely left. She was saying, I'm trying to provoke this pain. It's totally gone. Totally gone uh, from, this, from this curse. So today there is hope that as always, Jesus has still got power to save us from deception, wrong thinking, and spiritual bondage. Today you've got hope, and you might know, you know, crazy things happen at night, right, guys, sometimes, for some people, and different things happen, but Jesus has power to save you from those spiritual bondages. Another one quick, because we're nearly done, guys. There's so many things. Jesus saves from hunger, yeah, not just forgiveness, not just sin. Hunger and lack in Mark 8, 2, is this massive crowd of people. Um, they're hungry. Why does Jesus do powerful things and save, up, save people and do miracles? His higher purpose, right, when he was on earth, is to reveal who he is as the unique son of God. Yes. And also there's something much more simple as well. In this occasion, he saw all these people. He had compassion. He, said he literally had compassion on it. There is truth that when it's time and there's no reason why not, Jesus loves to touch our lives to give relief and to heal us and meet our needs because he cares, it's not theologically deeper than that on many occasions. Does that make sense? He loves. So you've got a hundred bucks and your loved one's nearly starving. I want, oh, hey, let me give you 50, you know, for something. Um, that will bless me. I really want to. In, in reality, often it's like that with Jesus. He had compassion on them, the first crowd, so we taught them. The next crowd, he had compassion on them. And, 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 they're, and they're like, they've been listening to you for, for, to you for hours, Jesus. We better send them away. He's like, no, no, I don't want them. They're going to get real hungry on the way home. They've got no food. He says he was moved with compassion. You feed them. And so he worked a miracle to do what? Save the people from lack. Real practical. Save them from hunger. And that's that time you would have heard about, you know, where the bread is multiplying literally. And I know people who I've heard give testimonies. They've seen that happen in their lives, in meetings that they have done today. And Jesus still does that on occasion. Miracle of provision. My last story, fellas, is um, brokenness. Jesus um, also saves, has power to save from brokenness. Look, and everything else. You getting the idea? One day, all of it's going to be literally come to an end. 
It really is. Be confident, 100% certain. Everything broken is going to be sorted and fixed because of what's already happened on the cross. But a lot of stuff can happen even in our life now, and that's exciting. So just brokenness he saves us from. This is the last story. It's another interesting story. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Mark 10, 46. What's happening here? Is this dude blind Bartimaeus? This is this guy, his name's Bartimaeus or Bart. I'm sure everyone just called him Bart in the neighborhood. Bart is blind. And uh, he hears, though, Jesus coming up the road. And he gets excited. He goes, like, Well, oh, there's this spark of hope. And that's what the Lord's bringing to us every day. Whenever you look back at Jesus, oh, yeah, it's about Jesus. Potentially tonight, a spark of hope can be revived, right, guys? You know, of all these things you need help for. He's going to definitely give you power to endure it if it's not going to move or else he's going to give you power to shift it. And both happen. Uh, but this guy, Bart, spark of hope, he starts screaming out, it says. He's like going, oh, flip, here's my chance. He's saying, Jesus, he's saying, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what? Other people are rebuking him. They're like saying, be quiet, man. You know, like he's busy. He's like going, shh, stop it. And so... This guy is being told to be quiet, but he kept yelling out, Son of David, it says all the more. He kept shouting out, have mercy on me. And sometimes there's a time where when you know you really ought to seek God for a breakthrough. You know, it's not one of those times when you, whenever you think about it, you hear God saying, I'm with you. I know how to walk through these dark nights. I'm giving you my four levels of power, you know, to um, get through while you're through the pain of waiting for the breakthrough. When it's not like that, and you just sometimes get a sense, no, I'm meant to be stretched to my faith. I'm meant to ask God. I think there's going to be a breakthrough. Sometimes you'll have within yourself emotions or even other people saying, settle down, that's not what God's doing. But if you know in your spirit that, no, I'm I'm going to seek God for this. You hear what I'm saying? If I just reach out and touch him, I will be healed. The scriptures say the Lord is near. You know, call on him, he'll hear you. And there's times for breakthrough where you just know you've got to break through and reach out. And sometimes you've got to push through a crowd of thoughts inside of your head. Maybe there's a crowd inside your body. You know what I mean? Like thoughts going, no, don't do that. Oh, no, don't. Or maybe there's literally people discouraging you from that. But don't be discouraged. But didn't, man. But pushed through. He kept yelling all the more in this occasion. Jesus, Son of God, you know, have mercy on me. I want your power to actually change something today. And so they called to the blind man, hey, cheer up on your feet. Because Jesus stopped and said, call him, call him. The Lord will never knock you back if from your heart as a child you're coming to him. Oh, Jesus, I need you. He will not say, well, that's not very spiritual because you know what I mean? Um, I, that's not what I'm here for. What do you think I am? Uh, you know, like a, what do you call them? A lolly dispenser. When you stick your coin in and stuff pops out, you're with me, right? What's that called? Thank you, a vending machine. He's like, God's not saying, what am I, a vending machine? Am I Father Christmas? You know, God doesn't have that attitude. You know what he is? He's Father. In the dad we wish we were, you know, everyone, if you've had a, any brokenness in dads, uh, the perfect dad. Jesus embraced and accepted everyone who came to him. Uh, actually, just because he loved, it's that simple. And he received but He said, no, call him. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, followed Jesus along the way, along the road. So I know of a young guy in this region um, whose dreams were dashed, like smashed, because he's year 10 in a school. He um, wanted to be a police officer so bad. He wanted to be a police officer, that's his dream. And uh, he was on this school camp, and they went for this bike ride on camp, and they're like tearing down the hill. So he's having the time of his life. He's like living it up. One moment, awesome, the next tragedy, because he came right off his bike, um, and his, this whole area down here, he just practiced stretching, uh, was shattered. And uh, the report was, and I had actually had the chance to talk with his parent later on in the year to verify all this. 
Um, but I know of this young guy, and he, and he had said that there is a, uh, that his bones were shattered like glass. The mum said, yeah, that's what the doctor said. So I'm thinking, it might be an exaggeration, but it's the doctor's exaggeration, like something really severe went on in there, real shattered. He had um, metal in there to hold things together. But it was more than that, you know, his, his dreams were shattered, because how can he, you know, they, they were saying he wouldn't walk properly, you know, wouldn't be able to be at full, like, physical strength to run and all that sort of stuff. Um, and for this young man, he wanted, he, he, he had in his heart, God, heal me, you know. Um, there was prayer given for him, and four days later, he was scheduled to go and get it, uh, the x-rays done again at the doctor's. When he came back, he had this amazing report, like Bart. The power of God had come to save him from brokenness. And the report was that all the bones from the x-rays, all the bones were as fully normal, completely normally formed, from shattered like glass to completely normal. The metal was still in there. God is able to take metal out of bodies, and that's happening in the world. Incredible witness. The metal was still in Caleb, but the bones were completely reformed. Isn't that awesome? And... Uh, the mother verified, yeah, that they were broken to that extent. There was, uh, it was completely healed, and the doctors, when asked, were like, we don't know how that happened. But we know what happened, and the Lord's giving us courage today that Jesus has power to save, most importantly from guilt. When you, if you're feeling that today, he is the one. He can speak a word. And it's not theory, because into your heart, he can make you feel like a newborn baby. He can like literally make you innocent with no conscience, crushing, you know. He can take away those memories of what troubles you or torments you. But not only that, he has power to save from all these other things. To save from guilt, he gives forgiveness. To save from the shame you feel. Sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if I've got shame. What's that kind of thing when you know that you just feel you don't measure up and you feel like you can't accept encouragement or you just don't feel worthy to do something where everyone else is going, no, 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 totally. There's a, there's a shame thing. There's something profoundly wrong with what I am. Jesus, save you from that. I mean, it feels like normal, right? But it can be different on the inside of you. It really can be different than what maybe we've known our whole life. Does that make sense? He can save you from shame. And he does that by giving honour. He saves from fear by giving power, the power of his presence. Remember, all importantly, even when sometimes in most situations we're not saved right now, his power, with all power, he's strengthening you. Right now you can draw on that and receive his power to strengthen you for great endurance because he's with you through it. He saves from deception and spiritual bondage by just bringing literally freedom from spirits. He brings provision, brokenness, he brings healing. Heartbrokenness, again, he brings healing. All these things he's doing today. Jesus saves in all areas. That's his name, God saves. God saves. In the end, it's all wrapped up. It's a guaranteed certainty, man. Everything's going to be sorted. And that's going to, God's just bringing hope into all of us. Because we get, we all get in the in the mint, you know the meat mincer of life. All of us getting tested and sorted out, strained and you know kicked about. But in the midst of it, we can have great endurance and great confidence of His power sustaining us through it, and to have permission to seek God to do more. Jesus saves in all areas, and He is dwelling in us now. <sighs> How near is Christ to you right now? Because we're just looking at stories, eh? Like when he was walking around, when he had a time, when he had a physical body walking about. That's, that's great. That's him, right? That's him. This is all about Jesus. That's cool. That's that time. But who is he now? Is that who he is now? Is, is Jesus dead on the cross? Definitely not. And we know he's not. Where is he? Well, Colossians, Colossians, Paul says, I've been charged to preach the whole mystery of the gospel which is Christ in you. It's so vital, like what we've been doing tonight, we talk about, well, who is Christ? 
His name is God saves. And, and he saves from all these things. Yep, and we get to taste some of that now, but in the end, we'll be totally saved from all these things. But there's another part of the full gospel preached fully. It is who, it is what, it is where Christ has placed himself in relation to you and me. He, he is Christ in you. Yeah. At one time, he had a physical body, his own body. It's just one body, it's him. He got to embody and becoming a human. God became a human, okay? Jesus Christ. As he walked around, he expressed his desire to save. Now, he still has a body. You are the body of Christ. Don't you know your flesh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, is the writings of Paul by the Holy Spirit. Right now, anyone who's a believer in Jesus, man, your body is the house and home, the residing place of God. He says your body, not even just your kind of spirit, your spirit man, because we have a spirit part, right? Yes, there, that's where we're united in, as one with him in spirit. There's another part of the scripture. We're united as, with, in one with, with Christ in spirit. But not only that, your literal bodies, the cells, the blood, you know, like your actual physical bodies here on earth are, is the temple of God. So, yeah, the one whose name is Yahweh saves has a body today and we're it. And he hasn't changed his fundamental name or his nature or what his tendency is to do. And that is to express in loving mercy his power to sustain us in the waiting for total salvation. So we have filled with confidence. We're not in despair or cowering or timid when the healing hasn't come, when the breakthrough hasn't come. Actually, we're like, man, I'm fi I feel filled up by the power of God to walk through this dark night with him. But also we're free, as I've said, to get a bit excited, a bit of anticipation that his name is, after all, still God saves. And he has made your actual body for all of us, his home, and he's still got a body, that means, and he's not dead and he's alive. And he says, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. We are sent into the world to continue the mission of a saviour who's not dead. So I'm going to leave it with this thought. Jesus saves in all areas. He is dwelling in us right now. This is solid. This is solid throughout. The, this is the word of God. Christ in you. His mission is continuing in us as his current body. What does that mean for you? It's just an exciting possibility. Could I get everyone just to stand up? Like you literally don't have to, but this is kind of like, because we have been sitting for a while, but could we sit, stand up and we're just going to pray? Yeah? Is that all right? But you don't have to stand up. It's like an opt-in. You can sit down if you like. Awesome. Yeah, come on. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, we're just going to pray. And it might be two things. We're just giving the Lord a moment to do some work inside of hearts right now. Okay, if either of these is relevant to you, you can kind of just put your, put your hand up inside your heart. You know, you can be like inside, you know, like I'm saying, yeah, that's me, God. So if this is you, you can inside your heart and say, that's me, God. Guess where Jesus is? He's in you, man. He totally knows your heart response. But um, tonight, the Lord is releasing hope and confidence in you, in his people, in all of us. That he has power to save. It's not just a nice, I'm perfectly loved. It's, love is everything, by the way. It's the greatest. And all that he does to save us is love being expressed. Don't get me wrong. But it's not just love and that's it. He, he, he is the Lord who saves. And he has the power to either remove and still every storm in your life right now. Let yourself get personal now. It's that kind of thing I'm talking, but we're already praying. You're having your own moment with God right now. Just tune into him. He's like, what are you wanting to say to me, God? You know, some area of need might come to your mind right now, just naturally. You haven't been thinking about it. It might seem so left field. You're like, whoops, that's a distraction. Hang on a sec. Maybe it's something he wants you to ask him about. Thank you, Lord. So there's some, some of us right now, you might be aware, you might put your hand up in your heart for this and saying, that's me, God. It might be 
that you feel you have felt battered and smashed, you know, like because the reality is full salvation hasn't come. Jesus is saving us right now. And you may have felt so smashed down, you know what I mean, by the, all the stuff. You've seen miracles, you've seen breakthrough, and you're so glad. But maybe all the stuff that his power hasn't actually moved yet, and you're hoping you don't have to wait till after you die, you know, because it's definitely going to be gone then, praise God. But all the stuff that you're hoping to happen sooner than that, please God. But you're just learning to submit to what he wants. But what if... And anyone putting up your hand that you felt like despair, you know, like that's so heavy. You felt like powerlessness, like hopelessness, ready to give up. And uh, there's no shame in that because we're not meant to, we're not created to feel that kind of brokenness. This is why we need the Father. He's come to seek and to save and strengthen to save the lost and the weak. He loves you perfectly. You don't have to be strong now before he'll come and bless you. Don't be strong. It's literally going, God, I'm profoundly weak. So you may want to put up your hand if you're feeling in your heart. If you're, if you're like, God, I'm one of those ones. I need to experience your power. You're strengthening by all power. I know it. I need to have your arm about me, Jesus saying, I'm walking through you in the pain of halfway there while I'm waiting. Just put your hand up. You might also be one as well who's like, ooh, I, that's his name. His name is God saves. He's the Messiah. That means he's the anointed one given power. Oh, and, and we are in the kingdom of God now. The kingdom has not come fully. It's going to have a much greater expression on the earth by far. But right now, we're in the kingdom of the Son. Whoa, and you're like, He's with me. I'm His body on the earth with other believers. Wow. He wants me to go and, and love and have compassion and pray for people in the similar ways. If you're like, I'd like to explore that more. Yeah, just little old you. You don't have to be an evangelist or a superstar or anything. I know for me, in my journey of those things increasing, has been so aware of my weakness. I just feel more and more free and encouraged every day. God, I'm going to literally ask you to do something that I can't do, that no one can do. Would you do something like that? Because you are here and you are the God who saves. So just be one like that. If You might want to put up your hand if you're like, oh, I think, I think I might experiment more. I think I might seek God more. You know, I sense a bit of permission that God does want to do miraculous works, you know? But I'm at peace when he doesn't because I understand he's, he's empowering me to push through without it. So you're just like relaxed. It's both and. You can have both. The great peace plus the permission to explore and see more. And you might be one, just put up your hand in, the, in your heart. You say, God, yeah, I want to be with you on this earth. And would you use me to know you more and more to be one who actually conveys, actually conveys the, your action of healings, of bringing by prayer mental illness just shifted, Demon, demonic powers just calmly and quietly just leaving people's lives, then you might want to put up your hand. As we just worship, I'm going to pray. Father, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are here with peaceful confidence that this is all about you and it's your will. That's what you're doing. We ask that you would now, Lord, just fill your people, fill each of us, especially those with their hands up. Talk to us. Confirm your word, I pray, God, with power and with love and truth inside the heart. Convince us inside that, yeah, you, are, you have power to save and you are saving us from the despair of waiting. I pray you'd encourage each person right now who has been waiting and disappointed that they would that you'd give them a revelation inside. They are not overlooked. They have not missed out on the power of God. That you are sustaining them and walking with them in a in a in a special intimacy, and it's a huge privilege. And let them know it's it is going to come to an end. Hopefully tonight or next week. But it 100% guaranteed everything that they've been carrying is they're going to get saved from for eternity. 
And so just give them, release them into peace. Actually, it's okay. I'm profoundly held. Actually, I have a special privilege of knowing the same power of God who's delivering me from the despair. Just bless them now, I pray, Lord, and do something that we can't do in our words. Just bless every person inside of their heart, inside of their mind, and rewrite and shift what they know and believe deep down. Thank you, Lord.